Welcome to an inspirational teaching by Pastor Victor DeMonte, the Senior Pastor of Adonai Church, Bangalore. We hope you enjoy this teaching. So this morning, I'm going to share very briefly about unity in God's presence. You like that? Unity in God's presence go to hand in hand. If you're talking about God's presence, we were talking about unity. If you're talking about unity, we're talking about God's presence. You can't separate the two together. If you're living in disunity and saying you can't experience the presence of God, I'm not surprised. But if you're living in unity and you experience the presence of God, that's a reality. That's the way it should work. I want you to lift up your voices and pray that God will speak to you this morning. Come, everyone, talk to him. He's a God that speaks. Father, let your spirit speak to us this morning. Thank you, Lord. We worship you, Lord. We worship you. Reveal truth to us, Lord. Truth that will transform our lives, Lord. Take us to a deeper understanding of what you want to accomplish in each one of our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. I'd like us to look at uh, Psalm 133. Behold, that means to look. Look, how good and how pleasant it is for brethren. Not talking about those who are unbelievers. Those who are in the church. Those who believe, those who call on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's good and it's pleasant for those brethren to dwell together in unity. Why? It is like the precious oil upon the head. Oil is a symbol of the Holy Spirit. It's comparing unity like oil, precious oil, running upon the head, down onto the beard, beard of Aaron, running down on the edge of its garments. Aaron represents the priesthood. And so when brothers dwell together in unity, there is an anointing that flows from the top leadership right down to the congregation. There is something of God's life and God's blessing that flows from top down below to people who are uh, a part of it. And then it says here, it's like the dew of Hermon descending upon the mountains of Zion, for there the Lord commanded the blessing, life forevermore. Can you see the two things? In the physical realm, we have a responsibility of dwelling together in unity. When we, re when we respond positively to God and to one another, it attracts God's presence. And that presence is defined like oil. His anointing, His presence flowing from Jesus onto you and onto whatever structure. If it's the family, it forms into the family. It's the church, goes into the congregation. And God's saying there, there is life forevermore. There is life forevermore. Whenever you look at the scriptures, unity will always be first, and then God's blessing and God's presence will precede it. It doesn't work the other way around. God's presence, God's blessing, then unity. No, God's presence, God's blessing always precedes unity. That's the function. That's the way it works. And that's why the Bible is saying how good and how pleasant it is. It is not only good and pleasant for us, it's good and pleasant for God. 
God sees brothers dwelling together. It delights his heart to pour out his blessing and his presence. I want you to tell someone next to you, your unity attracts God's presence. Tell someone next to you, your unity attracts God's presence. Okay, let me, let me show you a scripture that Jesus talks about in Matthew chapter 18, verse 19 to 20. Jesus is, these are the words of Jesus. Again, I say to you, he said this before, he's repeating it. Again, I say this to you. If two of you agree on earth concerning anything they ask, it shall be done for them by my Father in heaven. So what is Jesus saying? If two agree on earth, why two? Because anything beyond two is a miracle. You, you know, disagreement is not just mental consent. It's heart-to-heart -heart belief. If we can come heart-to-heart -heart in agreement, it's a wonderful thing. God made it possible where even two can change the spiritual atmosphere in your home. Two people can change the atmosphere wherever they go and they come in agreement. Your agreement on earth has its consequences in the spiritual realm. Your Father in heaven will hear you when? When you're in agreement. You know, we throw, uh, you know, questions at God. Why didn't you answer me? Why you delayed? Why you didn't do this? Why you didn't do that? So quick we are to throw questions back at God. But if we could only listen to the wisdom that Jesus tells us, only listen to the counsel of God's word, we will stop asking those questions. We will compromise, our, we compromise our blessing every time we walk in disunity. Can somebody shout an amen? Come on, louder one, amen. amen. You compromise your blessing every time you walk in disunity. I don't want you walking out of this place and saying, wow, demon, big, tall, black. No, leave them alone. They have no problems. The ones are subtle in the church, which causes, you know, disunity in the church, in your home. And I'm saying this to you. You know, couples that overwork, and they're still overworking, if you could only come to a place of unity, you will relax a bit. And you will see the blessing of God. Work out your family relationships based on unity. Work it out. Wherever there's unity, there is life. Can you say that after me? Wherever there is unity, there is life. Whether it's in my home or in the church, there's life. There are times you'll have to fight to be united. You like that? Fight with who? Not with the person. Fight with the enemy to be united. Your unity is a threat to the enemy. When uh, enemy got married, that's <laughs> good old days. No, not that old, okay? <laughs> not that old. 27 years, some, head, some feedback is coming. 27 years. All this pastor sent to us is this verse. With two of you come in agreement, your father in heaven will hear and he will answer you. You know what? That one verse laid the foundation for our marriage. That laid the foundation. And we used it as a springboard for everything that we needed in our relationship. Come together in agreement. And I want to say this to you this morning. Whatever relationship you're in, especially in the family, 
come in agreement, you will attract God's presence. People hear stories about uh, and miracles and transformation that happened, and they think, soon as Pastor Victor steps into their home, whoa, angels will appear. I wish they did. Now, you know what? I'm not saying we carry God's presence. Something tangible will happen because we, we carry his authority. But remember, what you do afters will either keep the blessing or will chase the blessing away. It's your unity that will keep the blessing. It's your disunity that will drive the blessing away. You forfeit your own blessing. So don't talk to God. You need to talk to one another or talk to yourself. And this is what Jesus says in verse 20. For where two or three gathered together in my name, you're in agreement in Jesus' name. What Jesus says. Can you say that after me? Who? Jesus. He's there in your midst. You know, one placard I never like. I don't know why these Christian bookstores put it up. I don't know why even Christians put it up. Jesus is the unseen guest in this home. I think he needs to be seen. He's so unseen, nobody even acknowledges him. And watching where families relate, he's truly unseen. He's disappeared long ago. Only the placard is there. That also they don't see. Jesus should be the seen person in my family. Say that after me. Jesus should be the seen person in my family. If you're sitting next to your partner, just give a loving nudge. Loving, loving one. You know, please pray, please read the Bible. But if you're not coming to terms with your unity, your Bible and your prayer reading will be diluted. I wish the Bible says, if you confess 100 verses every day, I am there in your midst. You know what? That would have been an easier thing for us to do. 100 verses, no problem. We'll get up in the morning like those mullahs. We'll go, 100 verses. Thank you, Lord, you're there in my midst. Far much more easier to do. But dwell together in unity <laughs> to the challenge, to. And that's what Jesus says. If two or three can come together in agreement. True? You can say yes or no. You can respond to me. If there's anything the enemy wants to rob from your life, is rob unity. Before he robs your health, he robs your unity. Before he robs your finances, he robs your unity. Before he robs your job, he robs your unity. He starts there and then works himself into your home and into other relationships. He robs you of your health. You okay with this? How did Pentecost happen? How did God pour out his Holy Spirit upon the church? It says in Acts chapter 1 verse 14, these all, all the disciples, all the 120 people there, they all continued with one accord. The word accord is agreement. All were together in agreement, in prayer and supplication with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brothers, his natural mother and brothers. What happened? They listened to the command, the instruction that Jesus gave, and they were all together in agreement. All in agreement. 
They were worshiping God, praying, believing God. They were together. In verse 1 and 2, Acts chapter 2, when the day of Pentecost had fully come, that means there was a time period they were waiting, when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord, or one in agreement and in one place. When God's presence and God's blessings visit your home, are you in one accord? One accord. That's why you would hear me saying this, casting out a demon is the easiest thing. I never have problems with demons, only Christians. I'm absolutely true. You look at them sternly and command them, quietly, and they'll go. Christian, uh, why? What? All the whys and all the whats will come flying at you. There was an agreement. When they were together in agreement, the day of Pentecost came. And then it goes on to say, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and then filled the house where they were sitting. The presence of God will always precede unity. Unity, blessing of God. No unity, no blessing, no presence. You like that equation? Yes? Mm-hmm. Amen? Anything will do. I'm not making this up. This is old-fashioned teaching. Right then from the scriptures, Jesus said it, Old Testament said it, uh, demonstration in the, in the New Testament, ushers in the Holy Spirit. What will bring revival to this church? We all want to see a greater measure of God's outpouring of His Spirit, not just prayer, our unity, our unity. Our oneness together will usher in the presence of God. I like the way the Bible says it, and suddenly there was a sound from heaven, suddenly. If we could only maintain our relationships with one another in your home and in the church, maintain it, come to a place of unity, we never know when that suddenly will happen. But it's a setting the stage for it to happen. It's setting the stage for it to happen. Suddenly there will come a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind and it will fill the entire house where they were sitting. What's the consequences of that? Acts chapter 2, 42, 43. And they continued steadfastly. Now, having received the Holy Spirit, they didn't say, now, fine. We finally got the fulfillment. Wow, it was a great feeling. We are filled now with the Holy Spirit. Let's carry in our own way and start waiting. Did they do that? Look what happens. It says, and they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship. Say the word fellowship. You know what fellowship means? Fellowship with someone else. It's about unity. It's about, it's about sharing life. That's what fellowship is all about. Sharing relationship with one another. Fellowship. If I have to ask, which is the most important activity in the church? Bible study, prayer meeting, fasting and prayer, or fellowship? A good guess will be, everyone will say, either fasting and prayer, or they'll say Bible study. But you know what? In the eyes of the apostles and the early church, everything was important. As much as fasting and prayer was important, Bible study was important, 
all. Fellowship was important all at the same level. Why? Because it, all of that is a combination for which attracts God's presence and God's blessings. Fellowship is so important. We used to serve coffee after the service. Why? To facilitate fellowship. Don't run off, just go home. You know, me, myself, and God doesn't work. That's not New Testament. That's not full gospel. Me, myself, and others, that's full gospel teaching. Loving God, loving one another. Loving one another is about fellowship. And it says they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship. In the breaking of bread, breaking of bread was very much part of their relationship with one another. Because it anchored them in Christ, what Jesus did for them, and also it secured their relationship with one another, and I will tell you how. It says they were steadfast in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship, in the breaking of bread, and in prayers they were devoted to. Then fear came upon every soul. What fear? Not frightened, but the fear of God. There was a sense of awe. There was a sense of reverence in the way they were interacted with one another. There was that sense of reverence in their midst. And as a result, the wonders and signs were done through the apostles. Can you see the presence of God now? Brings God's miracles, God's blessing. So this is the order for us. Unity attracts God's presence. God's presence manifests God's miracles. You like that? Simple principle to live a Christian life. We want the miracles, and then when the miracle happens, we want the presence, and then when the presence happens, we think we get you. Don't put the cart before the horse. We work out unity. Unity attracts God's presence. God's presence God's, attracts God's miracles or God's blessing. In Ephesians chapter 4, verse 1 to 3 says, I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, the apostle Paul was in prison, and he's saying this, I beseech you, he's pleading with the congregation, to walk worthy of the calling with which you were called, with all lowliness. Okay, not little, all lowliness. Lowliness is humility. Can you say the word humility? That's part of what it's all about. All humility and gentleness. Say gentleness. Gentleness means strength under control. It's strength under control. That's not being weak. It's about being strong, but under control. It says with long-suffering, bearing with who? Look around. Look at, look at the nice people. All are nice people. All are very nice people. Very good. So nice. You look like angels up from up here. Superb, superb. Everyone looks good from afar. It's when you come close only the problem starts. But never mind. That's why. That's why the Bible says here, with all humility and gentleness, with long suffering, bearing with one another in love, endeavor to keep the unity of the Spirit, capital S, Holy Spirit, in the bond of peace. So what, what do we need to do? We don't need to pray for unity. You understand what I'm saying? Don't pray for unity. Tell your partner next to you, don't pray for unity. You don't need to pray. You need to maintain it. Maintaining means you have something, you need to maintain it. God has given you the spirit of Christ. You're one with Christ. You need to maintain that unity with Christ. You're one with your husband. You're one with one another in this fellowship. What you need to do is maintain. Everything needs maintenance. 
Your clothes need maintenance. Every time you wear it, you put it for wash. It needs maintenance. Your car needs maintenance. Your house needs maintenance. Everything in this world needs maintenance because everything in this world is subject to decay. Till we go to heaven, Whew, no annual contracts in heaven. Nothing will be subject to decay. But as long as we are here, everything needs maintenance. Even your relationship needs maintenance. And I suggest go for a holiday for the family. You like holidays? If you need some tips, come and ask us. <laughs> suggest a few tips. It is as important as your Bible reading. Which one? Holiday. Tell someone next to you, holidays are good for you. <laughs> Husband and wife especially, dig. Holidays are good for you. Oh, that's unspiritual. That's the most spiritual thing you'll do because at least for five days you'll be united together. <laughs> Hopefully. No, no, let me not be negative. Positively, you will be united for five days together. And those five days of unity can attract God's presence and it can attract God's blessings. Can somebody shout an amen? Good stuff this is for you. No pastor will tell you go on a holiday. This one will. It's spiritual. It's part of fellowship. Do everything which is in your ability to keep the unity of the Spirit. Do everything that's impossible. And if you can keep the unity in your relationships, you will attract the presence of God and the presence of God will usher in the miracles of God. The same things you're struggling for will start happening. Why? Because you laid the foundation. It attracts. Flowers attract Bees. I'm walking in dangerous territory. This is not my line, but anyway, this much I know. Flowers attract bees. Okay, okay. <laughs> Unity attracts God's presence. It's not obvious. It's absolutely, I mean, no rocket science. You, you don't even have to pray for revelation. This is obvious. Unity attracts His presence. Simple. You can't change that formula. We need to keep the unity of the Spirit. How will you maintain unity? You maintain unity by choosing to walk in all humility. You understood? All humility, gentleness, and I don't know for whatever reason, long suffering. That means you don't suffer for one day, one month. Long means long. No time frame. You, you do, you, in order to maintain unity, you walk in long suffering. You walk in humility. You learn to bear with one another in love. <laughs> Good practice is home. <laughs> if you work it out at home, church will be cakewalk for you. No problem. You, I can love everyone. If we start at home, if we conquer that one, whoa, we really want something. True? There is more to unity that, than, than what meets the eye. And this is what it says here in Ephesians 4, verse 30 to 32. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit. If there's anything that's valuable in this world, is God's gift is the Holy Spirit. He's greater than the President of the United States. He is the most important person in your life. He is the most important person in the church, is the Holy Spirit. When you walk in disunity, you grieve the Holy Spirit. 
the very one who Jesus gave to you as a gift to bring life. You were bought that life. You compromised that life by walking in disunity. And that's why the Bible says, do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. And then it says here, what is it that grieves the Holy Spirit? All bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, that means people shouting, evil speaking, be put away from you with all malice, the malice is evil intention, ill will for other people, grieves the Holy Spirit. And some of us lost the joy of our salvation because we grieve the Holy Spirit by not resolving that bitterness in your life, not resolving the anger, the shouting, the abuse, the evil speaking. You agree and saying, Lord, I believe your blood was shed for the forgiveness of my sin. And if there's anything that we need to ask God for his forgiveness or receive his forgiveness, I saying, Lord, forgive me for grieving your Holy Spirit. If you accommodated bitterness, violent shouting, abuse, evil intent in your home with one another outside in the church, and this applies to everyone, even those out there in your office, those neighbors of yours, if you harbored any of these things, you grieve the Holy Spirit. Then the reading of the Bible becomes a mere book for you. It doesn't become life. Because the author of the Bible is the Holy Spirit. If he doesn't reveal truth to you, you will never understand truth. The only person who can bring life is the Holy Spirit. You can be partakers of that life as you begin to resolve this morning. As you partake of that wine, Lord, cleanse me from all bitterness, all evil speaking, all malice, evil intent. Cleanse me from that. I like what the psalmist said. Now that's Old Testament. And he said, God, take not your spirit away from me. Take not your spirit away from me. He appreciated the Holy Spirit in his life so much. As a king, he says, that one thing I desire is your presence. You know, for a king to have such a priority of God in his life is an amazing. You're a king in your home as husbands and wives. You're kings. We are called kings and priests. May we have a desire and say, Lord, take not your spirit. Now, God's not going to take his spirit from us. In the New Testament, there's no taking away the Holy Spirit, but there's a grieving of the Holy Spirit. He's grieved. He's saddened. His voice is silent in your life. Why? Because he's grieved. If you know there are unsettled, unresolved issues in your life, in your family, in your neighborhood, in office, in the church, please, for the Holy Spirit, maintain unity. Maintain unity. Let's not grieve the Holy Spirit. The Bible says in 1 John 1, 7, as we walk in the light, as he is in the light, as we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. Fellowship with one another is a byproduct of us walking in the light. And that's an indication whether we're walking the way Jesus walked. When we walk the way he walked, we automatically have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus cleanses us. Thank you for listening to this message. To know more about us, 
please visit www.adonai-ministries.com.